0: I'm getting the signal from the balcony that I should start. <laughs> there we go. Good morning, everyone. Um, and Welcome to Heatherville Baptist Church. Um, I want to wish you all a happy new year, seeing as it's our first service in the new year. So, uh, so welcome to you all. Hope you had a wonderful time. Um, anyway, welcome to, to Heatherville Baptist Church. We pray that you'll have an amazing time with us this morning. Um, flown all the way in from um, Newhall, Mark speaking this morning so uh he's uh, he's going to be speaking to us later um and we're going to be having a children's talk by helen so uh so we haven't got Mark bouncing up and down too much so uh so we just we just hope that, we just hope that you'll have a, an amazing time. Let's start with a word of prayer Lord, we want to thank you for being here with us this morning. we want to thank you for bringing us here um and we just ask that you would just fill our hearts with joy right now as we come to worship and praise your name lord at the start of this year lord help us to to really seal a promise with you that we're going to walk with you and we're going to to fellowship with you and with others around us we ask it in jesus name amen amen let's stand and let's sing together
1: the greatest day in history Death is beaten. You have rescued me. me. Sing it out! Jesus Jesus is alive. alive. The empty cross, the empty grave. Like a turtle, you have won the day. Celebrate! Jesus is alive. He's alive, and oh, happy day! Face to face, I am yours Jesus, you are mine Endless joy, perfect peace Every pain finally will cease Celebrate, Jesus is alive He's alive And oh, happy day, happy day You wash my sin away Happy day, happy day, I'll never be the same, forever I am changed, and oh, what a glorious way, what a glorious way. Way. and oh happy, happy day happy day, day. you wash my sin day. you i worship you you are waymaker, miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness my god that is who you are you are way maker miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness my god that is who you are you are here touching every heart i worship you i worship you you are here healing every heart i worship you i worship you you are may make a miracle work, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who You are. You are way a miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who You are. I worship you, I worship you, you are here, mending every heart, I worship you, I worship you, cause you are waiting
0: We thank you that you are a miracle worker, that we have a God who acts, who moves, who moves in power. Lord, as we continue with our service, Lord, we just ask that you would just open our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Over to Helen.
2: Okay, so our session today in church is all about prayer. And it features a man who was so faithful in prayer that it nearly cost him his life. I thought about prayer and how how we can remember what to pray. Now, Jesus taught us in Matthew 6 a way of teaching us of how to pray, which I'm going to come back to. But I wonder if anyone has heard of the five-finger prayer. You have. Oh, amazing. Thank you. So that's great. I'm going to teach it to you. So if you would like to do something practical, so here is the five finger prayer that I'm going to show you so a way to remember who to pray for is your thumb those closest to you your family because if you hold it like this it's those closest to you your thumb your pointer finger your second finger is those that point you in the right direction so your parents Uh, your family, maybe your wives or husband or partners, um, whether they do point you in the right direction, Uh, your teachers, uh, maybe your doctors, maybe your ministers, or uh, someone that you have, your prayer partner, someone who points you in the right direction. So your thumb is those closest to you, like your family, um, and the pointer is those who um, lead you in the right direction, so the two people to pray for. The tallest finger is those who lead us. So the government, those who make uh, uh, decisions for us, our world leaders, we need to pray for them that they have wisdom to make the right decisions. Uh, Your ring finger, Uh, those who are weak. Now, I don't know about you, but it's quite tricky to put up that finger without the other fingers. Can you try? (laughs) it's quite that ring finger it's quite tricky to put it all the way up without the others that one is easier but the ring finger doesn't go so that's your weakest uh, finger so those who are weak those who are in trouble those who are in pain those who are poorly um, they need they need uh, for you to pray for them too those are are featured on our prayer chain um, those people and then lastly and it should be last our pinky is for ourselves, because God wants to hear your needs too, especially when you put others first. So family, those who are closest to you, those who point you in the right direction, tall uh, tall is the leaders, um, those who are weak and need your support, and lastly, you. So there's another way, um, still featuring the hand, so you can keep your pieces of paper going so in Matthew 6 Jesus was asked how should I pray and he all and he gave us what I hope we all know um, girls do you know the Lord's Prayer yes so they're nodding congregation do you know the Lord's Prayer excellent so I wonder if you can say it with me I'm going to do some actions and then I'm going to teach it to you so it goes As we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. So, shall I go through that bit slowly so I can teach you the actions? Okay. But... And then I've got some envelopes here, I need you guys to open. Okay, so our father, so we point up for our father, and then heaven, so we roll our hands and then go up to heaven, who art in heaven. And then hallowed, we just go to our hearts, hallowed be your name. And then for we just do two points up either side, thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. And then earth, we make like a W. So that's what's three fingers going round the world. On earth, and then back to heaven, as it is in heaven. So we go through that beginning. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Then we rub our tummies. Give us this day our daily bread. And then forgive. We have to do a finger. And forgive those who trespass. Oh, so forgive us our trespasses. And then again, and forgive those who trespass against us. And then for not, and lead us not into temptation. Make fists, but deliver us from evil. Point up. For thine is the kingdom, strong arms, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Okay, we're going to listen to a song with those words. But first, coming back to the five-finger prayer, for, to help you remember that Lord's Prayer and what Jesus taught us. So girls, I've got five envelopes. Would you like to come and open? So number one... You do got to get this right. Number one is your thumb again. Okay, would you like to open number one? There's a word that you can write on your thumb if you have a piece of paper. Okay, there should be a piece of paper in there with a word on. Yours is number one. So hold it up nice and high. So Rachel's is praise. So praise for the thumb. This is the order of the Lord's Prayer. So praise is telling God how great he is and talking about all the great things that he has done. Okay, the first finger is, hold it up nice and high, Emily, is thanks. The pointer finger is thanks. Thanksgiving is thank about thanking God for the things he has done and the things that he has given us. Okay, have you got number three? Go on then, hold up number three. We've got sorry, so our middle finger is sorry. Um, tell God the things you have done Um, so that he uh, and the things that you know he wouldn't want you to do um, tell him you're sorry and ask him to forgive you right have you got number four go on then what's number four the four, the ring finger is ask Um, so ask God for the things that you need Um, the things that you need and not just what you want okay so let's recap those again who's got so if I hold up number one (laughs) where's it gone where's it gone did it go back oh there it is I know I had it I'm sorry so number one the thumb was praise two was thanks that's a pointy finger three was sorry four was ask and five for others our pinky finger okay so that's a way to remember the Lord's Prayer again. So go, guys, you get to have one of these little sheets so you can remember that. Do you want to put these down? Unless you want to help me with these actions. Do you think you've got those actions that song? You can stay. Do you want to put them on the floor then to help me with the actions? Okay, so I will just go through those actions again and then there's a little video uh, of the Song of the Lord's Prayer um, that I thought if you want to, you can join in and do the actions it repeats a couple of times so should we go through them so our father who art in heaven hallowed be your name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth can you do that that's it on earth can you do three that's it well done on earth as it is in heaven amen please play the song one day jesus was praying in a
1: certain place when he finished one of his followers said to him lord teach us to pray and jesus said when you pray say
3: our father
2: Thank
0: you Helen <clears throat> it's now time for the young people to probably follow Helen and go out to their groups And we can pray for them as they go father God we thank you for our young people and we thank you for um, the joy that they bring to us Lord in church and we pray now as they go out to their groups that Lord you would just be with them and with their teachers Lord as they learn more about you uh, Lord we just ask that you um, would give us a childlike heart as well Lord to, to follow you Lord, we thank you for um, the money that's been given today and that that's gone through bank accounts. Lord, would you expand your kingdom here on earth to see your kingdom come and your will be done. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can tell I'm very bassy this morning, aren't I? I do have a very sore throat. Let's continue to, uh, to sing and to worship our God. Let's stand and sing together.
1: To the depths of the sea Creations revealing your majesty From the colors of fall to the fragrance of spring Every creature unique in the sound that it sings all exclaiming indescribable uncontainable you place the stars in the sky and you know them by name you are amazing god all oh, powerful untainable awestruck we fall to our knees as we humbly proclaim you are amazing god who has told every lightning bolt where it should go? Who seen heavenly storehouses laden with snow? Who imagined the sun gives source to its light, yet conceals it to bring us the coldness of night? None can find indescribable uncontainable you place the stars in the sky you know them by name you are amazing god All powerful untamable awestruck we fall to our knees as we humbly proclaim you are amazing god Indescribable, uncontainable You place the stars in the sky You know them by name You are amazing God Incomparable, unchangeable You see the depths of my heart You love me the same You are amazing God Indescribable Uncontainable, you place the stars in the sky and you know them by name. You are amazing, God. Incomparable, unchangeable, you see the depths of my heart. You love me the same. You are amazing. Simplicity, longing for purity, to worship You in spirit and truth. Only You, Lord, strip it all. i uh-huh.
0: you're on zoom then please unmute yourself here in the sanctuary raise your hand mark will be with you with a a microphone let's just worship our god let's just give him the glory we've just sung forever i'll sing how i love you how i love you jesus this morning let's just declare that
4: love for god We've been seeing how indescribable, uncomparable, Lord. And you're an amazing God, Lord. Far beyond description. Words don't really define it, Lord. And yet we can know you. You You're a God of love. You're a God of provision. You're a God who wants to dwell in our hearts, Lord. And we just thank you for your love. That love was out poured on that cross for each one of us. You died for our sins, for our salvation. You died to make us the people that you want us to be. We want more of you, Lord. Just fill us in this coming in this new year, Lord. We want more of you. Give us a hunger and desire for more of your Holy Spirit working in each one of us so that we can reach out to others, others who don't know you, Lord. We love you, Lord. It's just so good to be able to meet together, to praise your name, to say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Lord. Amen. Amen.
1: Lord, forgive us for those times when we don't love you enough, when we don't love you with all our heart and soul and mind and strength. Lord, would you reveal to us in you the enormity of what you have done for us, the extent, um, your word tells us we'll never really know the height and the depth and the, the breadth of, of, of your love, but would you reveal to us what we can handle, Lord, and just, remind us every day of what you've done and increase our love for you because you alone are worthy of all that love and you first loved us we thank you for that
0: amen so before mark comes to uh, speak to us uh, we have the reading this morning which is from genesis keep going keep going keep going bigger thank you i will (laughs) do the lord had said to abram He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Continuing on. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering, on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of the servants and his own son Isaac. When he had cut through wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey, while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you Your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by the thorns. He went over and took it, took the ram, and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, The Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, On the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven, heaven a second time, and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this, and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make you, your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. And, though your, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Father God, we pray for Mark now as he comes to speak. Lord, we just ask that you would just bless him, Lord, that you would just fill him again with your Holy Spirit. And that, Lord, as we hear from you, Lord, that you would just change our lives, change our hearts, change our attitudes, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
5: Happy New Year. Because it's the first Sunday of the New Year, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's traditional at this time of year, isn't it, that uh, people make New Year's resolutions. Now... I wonder if that's something that you've done, maybe to lose some weight or exercise more or spend less money on rubbish. Or maybe that's just me. Uh, Maybe you've chosen something else. But resolutions often have to do with new beginnings, don't they? Making changes in our lives, hopefully for the better. And when I was thinking about this, when I was thinking about what I was gonna say this morning, a song popped into my head. Um and I'm sure most of you will know it. It's a new dawn,
1: it's a new day it's a new
3: And I'm,
5: good. I'm sure we've all heard that before haven't we? now it struck me when i listened to this that actually this is sort of a description of our lives our lives when we become christians isn't it it's a new dawn when we become a christian it's a new day it's a new life and i think generally when we become a Christian, we feel good, don't we? Yeah? yeah? But actually, it's more than that. It's, it's a description of our lives as we grow in our faith, as we continue in our journey as Christians. God has something new for us every day. And then, as I carried on listening to the song, um, there was another lyric that, that sort of called out to me. And this old world is a new world, and a bold world for me. I wonder if anyone else feels like that. This new world is a bold world. Is anyone feeling bold this new year? Because if this new day this new bold world if it is a new day and a new bold world that sort of implies change in our lives doesn't it but sometimes change is risky isn't it sometimes we can feel like it's just a bit better to carry on doing what we're doing don't we um, because <clears throat> we feel safe we feel comfortable we know what's going to happen um so so we don't want change sometimes we're a little bit scared of change aren't we and and that's true in our Christian lives as well sometimes we feel that we're comfortable doing what we're doing in our Christian lives we're doing all right aren't we we're not offending anyone by our faith we might be helping out in various church activities emerge or coffee stop kingdom talks seniors etc and we're comfortable and we feel safe doing what we're doing so why change well that's what we're going to look at this morning why change why take risks so we we're going to sort of look at the story of abram and see what we can learn from that so abram Grew up knowing God and worshipping God, and he lived in a place called Haran with his family, and they were pretty successful that we can surmise because in verse uh, five it, when God called him to leave it said he took all his possessions and people that they'd amassed or acquired in Haran. And when Abraham or Abraham, as he was called at the time was 75. God spoke to him and called him to leave his possessions, his home, his family, his safety, his comfort, and go to a far off land. God made a promise to Abraham that it would make him into a great nation, and the whole world would be blessed by him. I'm not going to bother reading it. You You can read it yourself. I will make you into a great nation. Um, and that's in Genesis 12, verse two. Now I wonder what went through Abram's mind when he heard this, was it fear? The Lord God, the creator of the universe spoke or is speaking directly to me. Was it excitement? Wow! The Lord God, the creator of the universe, is interested in me. Was it disbelief? now nah, I must be imagining things. That can't be right. Was there any reticence? I don't really want to go anywhere. I'm, I'm quite happy where I am. All my family are around, we've been pretty successful. I'm comfortable. Or maybe there was an aspect of selfish ambition. That's quite a promise, isn't it? I'm going to be famous, a world leader. I know if it had been me, probably all of these questions would have gone through my mind. Um, But that's not what we read in the Bible, is it? All the Bible says is... So Abram went as the Lord told him to. No ifs, no buts, no questions. He just went. (coughs) Abram trusted God and he knew that God had a plan for him. He didn't know what was going to happen, he didn't even know where he was going because God just told him to go. So he went. I wonder if you've ever been in that position. Have you ever heard God telling you to do something or to go somewhere? What did you do? But I'll come back to that later. So Abram did what God told him to. He went to Canaan. God told him when he got there that this was his inheritance. This was the inheritance for his offspring. Surely that was the end of the journey, wasn't it? He was going to settle in Canaan. Everything was going to be marvelous but no that's not the case you see when abram got to canaan there were two issues firstly canaan was already occupied by a load of other people and secondly there was a massive famine so abram couldn't settle there so he had to go on and he went on to egypt where there were no famines but he still trusted god you see Even when we follow God, even when we do what he's telling us to, that doesn't mean that life's going to be easy. It doesn't mean that there are not going to be trials and tribulations along the way. Jesus tells us that this is not the case. And we're to expect trouble as Christians. We're going to expect persecution for his namesake. In Matthew 5, verses 10 to 12, Jesus says, Blessed are those... (coughs) excuse me blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are you when people insult you persecute you falsely and say all kind of evil against you because of me rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you and we should give thanks uh, when trials and tribulations come, because they're a sign that we're in God's favour. 1 Peter 4 verses 12, and 14, 12 to 14 says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice in so much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when the spirit overjoyed when his glory is revealed if you're insulted because of the name of christ you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of god rests on you that's pretty good isn't it you see our reward is an eternal reward our troubles on this earth are short-lived But our reward goes on forever and ever. And so it was for Abraham. He had all sorts of troubles when he went to Egypt, or at least his wife, Sarai, did. Um, But he held on to God's promises, and God blessed him in Egypt. So God promised Abraham was going to be a great nation. God promised that he would make Abraham a great nation. But Sarai, his wife, and Abraham were already really old and they had no children. You know the story. Until Abraham was 99 and Sarai was 89 when God reaffirmed his promise to him. He changed Abraham's name to Abraham and he changed Sarai's name to Sarah. And lo and behold, nine months later, Sarah had a baby when Abraham was 100 and she was 90. And they called their son Isaac because God had told Abraham to call their son Isaac. Anyway, jump forward a few years. God speaks to Abraham again. He spoke to him a few times in the meantime, but we're going to jump forward. Um, Genesis 22 2 verse 2 take your son your only son whom you love isaac and go to the region of moriah sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain that i will show you now surely isaac was the fulfillment of god's promise to abraham he is the heir that god promised and through him abraham's descendants would be more numerous than the stars but if abraham followed god's command how would this promise be satisfied how would this promise be fulfilled but once again we don't read of any questioning we don't read of any doubts we just read that abraham obeyed god's command without any question. He took all the required things for the burnt offering and Isaac and set off, didn't he? We read that earlier, Steve read that to us. Now, Isaac had grown up to be a young man. We don't know exactly how old he was, um, but most commentators suggest he was in his mid to late teens or even up to his mid late twenties. So we don't really know. Um, But suffice to say, he must have been fairly well-grown, a strong lad, because Abraham gave him all the wood for the burnt offering to carry. Uh, So he'd have to have been quite strong and quite mature for that. And we can assume that he would have been strong enough to resist being bound by a 120-year-old man, can't we? But he didn't, Isaac trusted his father, and we can assume also that he trusted God, Abraham trusted God, and did exactly what he was commanding, he risked everything, didn't he, to follow God's instruction, and of course, because he trusted God, God came through, just as Abraham was about to bring the sacrificial blade down on Isaac, God stepped in, stopping Abraham from King killing his son and providing a sacrifice in his place does that remind you of anything it's a good job God's timing is perfect isn't it if he'd been like 10 seconds late might all have been different but God's timing is perfect Abraham risked everything because he wanted to please God He wanted to do everything that he said he followed God whatever and wherever he led, and as he did so, he grew to trust and love God more deeply as time went on his faith was not static. But it was active, I wonder if we can say the same. Is our faith static? Are we just doing the same things over and over again? Because it's what we've always done. Because I don't think the Christian faith should be like that, should it? So can anyone tell me what our church purpose statement is? Anyone? Because I think it's something that we really should know. Anyone tell me? We've got an elder in the room. (laughs) Shall I help you out? It is. It is. Any last chance? It's to help people make a journey to know and love Jesus Christ note the word journey because i think that applies to us too it's not just that we help other people outside of the church make a journey to know and love jesus but because the journey doesn't stop when we become a christian does it it doesn't stop at conversion that is not the final destination just as canaan wasn't the final destination for Abraham when he got there he had to go on to Egypt and there was a whole nother chapter to the story and that's why this statement applies to us as Christians as well because we're all on a journey to know and love Jesus more and to become more like him this journey will not end until we see glory and that's why We need to take risks in our faith. A journey implies moving forward, changing what we're doing. Not change for change's sake, but change because it's what God tells us to do. Being obedient to his commands, as Abraham was obedient to God's command when God spoke to him. Now, again, I ask the question, I wonder if you've heard... God asking you to do something or to go somewhere did you do it or did you just say no that's not for me or I must be imagining it I wonder I'm I'm not asking for any answers don't worry I'm not gonna (laughs) shame anyone but it's a question that we need to ask we've looked at the story of Abraham and how Abraham took all sorts of risks to serve his God. So I thought, as we're drawing towards the end of the talk, I might share some testimonies, a little closer to home. Talk about some people that we all know taking risks. Many of you know my, or at least some of my story, but I will share a little bit more of it in in a, in a moment. Um. But before that i actually asked i knew martin wasn't going to be here this morning so i asked him to share with me some of his uh story of how he came into uh, ministry uh so that i could share that with you and he's he wrote uh, a little synopsis out which i'll read to you and uh we'll, we'll just have a think about that so in what he says is in 1992 when I was training to be a teacher at Bath University, I sensed God in my spirit say something like, you're training to be a teacher now, but you will be a pastor. I remember thinking at the time, no thanks, that's not for me, Lord. I became a deacon at Whitstable Baptist Church when I began a teaching job in Broadstairs in 1993. Over the next seven years, I, as a deacon and teacher, started sensing more stirring in my spirit to consider a call to full-time ministry. Over this seven years, God began to speak to me through people in the church and through teachers at school. Several times, people asked me if I'd ever considered becoming a pastor. I knew that God had spoken to me back in 1992. And in 1998, I approached the church pastor and the Irish superintendent who both supported an application for me to start training at Baptist college. In the middle of all this, I was due to be married to Sarah in autumn, 1998. And I bought my first house shortly before. The church we were part of could only afford to contribute towards the cost of college. And so to raise funds, the newly purchased house had to be sold. Sarah made a massive commitment, not just to marriage, but in the face of uncertainty of marrying someone whose future at this point was still waiting to be revealed in all in all this God gave us a sense of peace that we're in the center of his will whatever the future held and it is this which enabled us to take bold steps of faith he finishes by saying I can't say I was a willing servant who jumped straight into God's call to ministry I was reluctant and uncertain at first But God worked on me slowly and changed my heart. Martin was eventually faithful to God's call to ministry and I say eventually not in a derogatory way, but because I believe God was actually uh, preparing him and Sarah for the massive changes that were going to come. And that's true of my story as well, which I'll explain in a minute. God's timing is perfect. Martin took some massive risks, didn't he? He sold a house that he'd only just bought. And he was prepared to put his relationship with Sarah on the line. To step into the unknown and follow God's call. For me, I received my first call to ministry back in the summer of 2013, I clearly heard an audible voice speaking to me. I spoke to Martin about what I'd heard, and we agreed that we needed to test the call. Uh, And so three years passed. And from my perspective, nothing really seemed to be happening. I was getting a bit frustrated um, we continued to pray about it and uh, discuss it from time to time, but there didn't really seem to be any progress. However, in the summer of 2016, my call was reaffirmed by a word of knowledge that was absolutely unmistakable. So again, I consulted Martin. We brought a proposal to you guys, my church family, which. I'm thankful to say that you confirmed, because I wouldn't be here otherwise. Um, I gave up work. And I went back to university in 2017, whilst working here part time. And subsequently, on the completion of my degree, I'm very glad to say that you decided to keep me on here. Again, if you had not I wouldn't be here now. (laughs) What I'd say is for me, I wasn't in the least bit hesitant. I'm quite an impulsive person. um, And I tend to jump into things without thinking too much. So I wasn't hesitant and I wanted to start my degree. I, I had that confirmation. I spoke to Martin in the summer holidays of 2016 i was all for going to college in that september if i could have applied and got all the paperwork in i would have gone but god held me back god knew what was best and i actually went to college in 2017 because he could see the bigger picture and was preparing carol and i for the changes that were to come and actually he was putting in place all the things to support us both spiritually emotionally and financially but that's another story and i'll tell you that someday but there were still some massive risks i had a huge mortgage well quite a big mortgage um how was i going to play it our youngest son still lived at home and was somewhat of a drain financially still is Somewhat were financially. How were we going to survive? I didn't even know when I went back to college, if there'd be a job for me at the end of my degree, because we were always very clear that the church would support me through my degree, but there was no guarantee that you could or would employ me at the end of it. So I didn't know what was going to happen. But God is good. He took care of everything. Not that it was always easy, but it was always good. Now, I'm not suggesting that God is calling us all into full-time ministry. They're just the two examples I've given, because that would be fairly silly. I'm not suggesting that he's calling us to uproot and leave and go some, to a, some other far off land although actually for some of us that might be the case i don't know for most of us there will be smaller things that god is calling us to do it may seem smaller but in the big picture they're not necessarily smaller things that we can change because i'm sure if we listen to him he is calling us to something to take some risk for him to continue our journey to step out of our comfort zone. You see, for me, reflecting on the last three or four years,
3: I have to ask myself, have I become too comfortable doing what I'm doing?
5: Have I just fallen into a routine in my church work? Have I stopped listening to see what God is asking me to do now? Have I convinced myself that what I'm doing is all that God has told me to do. So I ask myself the question, what is God calling me to do now? Where is God calling you or us as a church to take risks for his sake? As I finish and before we sing our final song, I'd like us just to take some time, just a few minutes to wait on God, to listen to him, to invite him to speak to us through his spirit. Let's ask him what he's calling us to do now. Now, you might not hear anything straight away. You might not hear an audible voice, but you might get a sense in your spirit. You might get a sense that God's calling you. I don't know. To be baptized if you're not a christian yet god might be calling you to give your life to the lord i don't know what he's calling us to do but we need to take time to sit quietly and listen so i'd like us just to sit quietly and listen to god um, and ask him what he's calling us to do and continually do that in our Quiet times in our prayer times ask God what he's calling us to do but more than that if you hear from him do what he says don't just ignore it so I wonder if the musicians could just come up and play quietly and we're just going to take a few minutes um, to to wait on God and uh, then we'll sing our final song Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that uh, you are interested in each one of us individually, and that you have a plan for each one of our lives. I thank you that you love us and that you care about us and you want us to go on a journey. To become more like Jesus, your son. Holy Spirit, we invite you here now to speak to us individually and as a church. Guide us, make clear what you're calling us to do. In Jesus' name, we wait for you, Holy Spirit. Speak to us now. In Jesus' name, amen. we thank you that you are not a God that is distant and far off but a God that is close at our sides that you speak to us and that you have our best interests at heart give us hearts to obey Lord give us ears that hear as we sing our final song and go into this world let us listen to your direction every day lord jesus through your holy spirit in jesus name amen Steve.
1: Spirit lead me where my trust, trust is, where with the borders. borders To me walk the waters
0: God, we thank you that you call us to step out. And in this new year, Lord, help us to hear your voice. Help us to meditate upon your word. Help us to spend time with you. Help us to be guided by you, Lord. So may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and evermore. Amen. Please join us for tea and coffee next door.